the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. This is your hour when Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams sits down and speaks with authors who have written books on topics of interest and insight for listeners like you. And now, here's your host, Pat Williams. Well, we greet you once again for the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. We do it every weekend on AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. Uh, my uh, engineer, and he does a terrific job, is uh, Jeff Sinis. Uh, Andrew Herdliska produces this show each weekend. And uh, Bonnie Gray is going to be with us in the first half hour. Uh, she's at the, in the Bay Area of California, founder of Faith Barista and featured writer for Day Springs. Encourage blog, and we're going to talk about her new book with Ravel, Finding Spiritual White Space. Bonnie, it's nice of you to join me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Finding Spiritual White Space, Awakening Your Soul to Rest. Tell me what that title means. What is Spiritual White Space? Well, you know, it's an opportunity for us to clear our hearts and our schedules and spend some time feeding our souls. Um, so many of us are busy, especially in today's digital world, just being online, getting things done, and it just seems like it's a bottomless list. You know, that list just seems to keep growing. Even if we try to make our way down that list, we can never get to the bottom. And so rather than waiting until we've solved our problems and gotten things done before we take time for ourselves, finding spiritual white space is finding room in our lives to put ourselves first. And it's kind of hard to even say that, because in our culture, especially among our faith-based culture, sometimes it might feel like it's selfish to put ourselves first, but the truth of the matter is we're human, and God actually wants to meet with us um, in those times that we could just relax, we can be at rest, we can listen to Him, maybe even through the music we listen to, or just through the quietness. Um, we can meet with him when we are out in nature, just spending time with him there. It's different for every person, finding spiritual white space, what feels relaxing and at rest for your soul. But this concept of white space is taken from the world of art and design. In a beautiful painting, there is space intentionally left by the artist. So a more beautiful, fine art a painting is, you'll find that there is a lot of white space. And you can see the colors come out. You can look at the images. You can stand in front of the painting and just enjoy that painting. But if there's a lot of crowded text and images, it's very noisy, that means it becomes a commercialized advertisement. It's loud. It's full of uh, crowded, loud noises to get our attention. And I realized, Pat, in my own life that I'm more like that loud, commercialized advertisement. I'm more 
like a project plan. I viewed my life more like a project plan. I he lived here in Silicon Valley, and I had studied engineering, and I kind of started applying that kind of mindset to my own life. You know, what can I do to be productive and make my day, you know, worthwhile and meaningful? And I, I found meaning in getting things done and solving problems and taking care of others. I never really felt the need for rest. I really never felt that that was something that I could give to myself. It just seemed kind of unrealistic and esoteric. But um, through writing this book, I experienced my first panic attack. And my body was telling me that uh, I can't keep treating myself like a project plan. (laughs) I can't keep putting myself last. And so God gave me this picture that he really made me more as art. This is taken from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Um, God says that we are his workmanship, works of art created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And the word workmanship, the root word for poem, uh, root word for workmanship really is poema in Greek, and it means poem. So a more accurate rendering of the word workmanship is poem. And that just really blew my mind that I can be God's poem, that I could be God's work of art. And that's when I realized, well, I look at my life the way I fill it up. Um, it's not like a work of art. It's more like a broken melody. <laughs> it's more like um, a frantic mess. If you looked at me on the outside, Pat, if you were to meet me here in Silicon Valley and have coffee with me, you would not have known that this was happening. And that's why this book is called Awakening Your Soul to Rest, because if you looked at my life on the outside, it looked really good. Um, I'm calm as a cucumber. I serve in church. I, um, I actually even train people to do Bible studies and train the leaders to train others to do Bible studies. So I really felt that um, I was doing well in terms of pleasing God. And I didn't know that God wanted me more than what I could do for him. I didn't know that he just wanted to have my heart and have me look back at my, my life. And in times of my life that are hard for me to talk about, the times in my life that are wounding, and those are the areas in my life that tell me why it's hard for me to rest. So when I wrote this book, Pat, um, I was telling you that I suddenly experienced a panic attack, right? It was because I started writing, and the act of writing triggered all these memories to come alive, and I started reliving them. I had never had a panic attack before in my life. I grew up in a divorced family, but I didn't think that anything was unusual about that. I always told myself, well, I'm not the only one that comes from a divorced family. I'm not the only one that maybe has a parent that's not loving. I'm not the only one that have to go home and take care of my younger sister and work hard to put myself through college. My mom immigrated here from Hong Kong, so I just thought, well, this is just a typical immigrant story. There's nothing special about me. And I would always just tell myself to just suck it up. You know, it's like, this is life. Um, but I never realized until I became a 43-year-old mom 
finally having felt like I survived my childhood and I felt, okay, now I didn't get the childhood I wish I had, but I can be the mom that I wished I had to my children. It's too late for me, but it's not too late for them. It was at that point in my life when I was finally safe, when I finally started writing this book, that these memories came alive. And I, I just really want listeners to know something that blew my mind. When I sat down to see my therapist, he's a post-traumatic stress disorder expert, PTSD, I couldn't believe it. I, I didn't understand why I would even be there. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was the one that was usually helping other people. And I asked him, I said, why is this happening? I've done harder things in my life. I mean, writing this book is it's not something that's difficult or stressful for me. And I have a loving husband and I have two wonderful boys. I'm finally at a safe place in my life. And he said this. It was so profound. He said, Bonnie, don't you know that a soldier doesn't have panic attacks when he's out in the battlefield? It's only after he comes home and he's safe. He said, Bonnie, you're finally safe. You are coming home. These panic attacks are good because they tell you that you have a story. And it's time for you to heal. It's time for you to take care of you. You've been too strong for too long. And I realized at that moment that that something about what he said was true. And I realized, and it was hard for me to accept it, though, because I didn't want that storyline in my life. I didn't want to be somebody that had panic attacks and insomnia and had PTSD. I was ashamed that someone like me at my age should know better than to worry. But if anyone who's listening ha struggles with anxiety or worry or stress or has gone through things in life that are too hard to understand, then they will understand what I've been through, um, that things are not in our control, even our own hearts especially. And then they would also understand the comfort and the hope that I received from God during the season of my life. And it's that I realize that I've always longed for rest. Bonnie Gray always... is our guest. We've got more with Bonnie right after this on the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. It's AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Here's Martin Renforth, president of Above and Beyond AC. When you purchase any system or service from Above and Beyond AC, I'll send a check to your church for 10% of your purchase. No matter how large or small, I'll send 10% of the purchase directly to your church. That's the Above and Beyond 10% promise. At Above and Beyond AC, we know you have a lot of AC companies to choose from. We hope you'll choose us, but we encourage you to get two quotes. You'll find that our pricing is always transparent and competitive. Call 407-483-7945 right now to schedule a no-cost replacement estimate for your air conditioning needs. That's 407-483-7945 for Above and Beyond AC. Remember the Above and Beyond 10% promise. When you purchase any system or service from Above and Beyond AC, we'll send a check to your church for 10% of your purchase. Call 407-483-7945 right now to schedule a no-cost replacement estimate for your air conditioning needs. Call 407-483-7945. 
I bet you've been thinking about a private Christian school atmosphere for your children. Well, if you have, we've got a great way to get you started, and you can save thousands of dollars, too. It's half-price tuition from AmazingRadioDeals.com. You can now get half-price tuition to some of the best schools in Central Florida, from kindergarten through 12th grade, even seminary. Just go to AmazingRadioDeals.com, where you can check out the schools, and you can reserve yours right away. And if you're just moving into the area, this is a great way to get started on your search for a school. It's half-price tuition from AmazingRadioDeals.com. This is Dennis McKenzie for Families by Design. Strong families are designed by God. Do you want your family designed by God? For inspirational principles for today's families, listen to Families by Design with your hosts, Dr. Daniel Forbes and Dr. John Brooks. Families by Designs airs every Sunday at 9 p.m. That's Families by Design on the new 950 WTLN. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Bonnie Gray is our guest from Northern California, where she lives, and we're talking about her book, Finding Spiritual White Space Awakening Your Soul to Rest. I, Bonnie, I want to talk about these white spaces. <clears throat> the first one, you say white space is extravagance. Rest is choosing. Fill us in on that one, and then we'll move on to the other ones. Well, in white space, the artist decides what is most important, and he clears everything off the canvas so that you can focus your eye on what's important. So choosing to take time out for yourself, to feed your soul, and to take care of yourself is a choice of extravagance. It's saying, I was made for beauty. I wasn't made for busyness and frantic getting the list done. So it, it might seem like, oh, it's, it's a waste of time. I mean, I, I have better things to do. But actually, no. It's saying, when we take time out for ourselves, we're saying, you know, I'm worth it because God loves me and I'm making the choice to make time to take care of the heart that God loves. And Jesus actually came here after much, much expense to his own self, his own life, his own comfort, so that our hearts can find rest. Jesus says, come to me, those who are weary laden, and I will give you rest. So that is that principle. Now I want you to talk about the next principle. White space is movement. Rest is freedom. Well, in white space, in photography... White space is needed to convey movement. So if you have a picture of a dancer and she's dancing, if you just crop out all of the white space, then you don't even know where she's at. You don't know how high she's dancing. You don't know how far she's jumping. The photograph needs white space. And so sometimes we might feel like we're at a standstill um, when we're stressed. The last thing on our minds is that we should stop. You know, a lot of times our knee-jerk reaction is, I need to do more so I can solve more problems and get more things done. But actually... Uh, white space, when we take time out to rest and say no, which is really hard, because someone's going to be disappointed. Someone's expectations aren't going to be met, and sometimes those expectations are our, our own. But when we take time to rest and stop and say no, we are actually giving movement to our soul. We're no longer numb. We're no longer just surviving, walking through our days, just surviving, just getting up in the morning and just hoping we can make it through the day and then go to sleep. We are actually adding movement to our soul and breathing and feeling 
and enjoying. That's the second principle. Now I want you to move to the next principle. It's called white space signifies importance. Rest is intimacy. Yes. Oh, this this is this is really really beautiful and new for me, but when someone, an artist or um, a photographer wants to bring the viewer closer to the message, again, they use white space. They emphasize the image that's on the page, and white space is used for that purpose as well. And so it's really hard for us, especially if someone is like me who has never been told you can stop. You can rest. No one has ever asked me, what is it that you want? What is it that you need? I see you're having a hard time, Bonnie. I see you're having a hard time. What, what can we do so that you can feel better? I never had that kind of parent. So when we take time to ask ourselves when we're stressed, you know, what is it that I need? What would comfort me? What would encourage me? What would help me feel better? Those are really hard questions to ask, but when we do that, then we become intimate with God. Because it's easier to tell God, okay, God, tell me what you want me to do. Tell me, and I'll do it. What, is, what can I do to please you? Um, but instead of asking God, what can I do, and we come to God and tell Him what we need and what we want, and maybe how we're hurting, that is very intimate. That is very vulnerable, because we won't know well, is God answer my prayer? When would he answer my prayer? And how would he answer my prayer? It just takes the relationship into a much more personal, vulnerable, and dependent relationship versus a, uh, he is the master, I am the servant, he's the person I need to please, what do I do? So that is a third uh, valuable movement in white space when we take time to rest. We're moving closer to God with our heart rather than doing things with our hands. Now I want you to talk about white space signifies relationship. Rest is a living journey. Well, in um, graphic design, whenever the designer wants to create a border, um, they will use white space as a border. And it shows a relationship between different images in a painting or a canvas or even like a web design. So it, it gives ref, uh, reference to where things are at on, on the canvas. And so when we take time for white space, when we take time to spend alone time with God, we are basically saying that I'm stepping out of a to-do list and I want to know what you think about what's going on in my life. It's a living story. Making choices to investigate maybe why we're stressed. We like to talk about um, avoiding stress or managing stress or solving stress, but asking God, exploring with God, why are we stressed and what's worrying me? Why is it that I'm up at, late at night? That, that's a living journey. That's, that's, that's a living relationship. And so asking those questions with God, those are new for doers like me. But it's, it's more of a living relationship, and that's movement for. And now I want you to talk about the white space challenge. Rest is an awakening. 
Yes, at the end of the book, you know, for all these movements I've talked about, Pat, um, this book is a memoir-driven guidebook. So I don't just talk about these as principles. I share very intimate, painful stories from my childhood that came up because of the flashbacks, because of the post-traumatic stress. So each chapter I illustrate these principles not by just talking about them. I actually tell and share a very intimate stories, painful stories. But by the time we get to this section of the white space challenge, we've got different stories. And I have journaling questions and prompts for the reader. So as she or he is reading along with me, he or she is also thinking about her own story and understanding why rest is difficult and what would feel restful to him or her. So at the end, it's the white space challenge. And what I do is I create a menu. This is the workshop part of the book. (laughs) So this is where there is um, different ideas and prompts and practical ways to experience rest, depending on what kind of rest you are needing and wanting. So there are different categories of um, relationship or self-care or creativity or adventure, just different refreshing shots of faith, uh, shots of rest. So there's a menu. And it's like I liken it to like going into a coffee house. You know, when you have uh, different samplings of coffee, you just try them different. And sometimes we just feel like, oh, spending God time with God has to look this way. It has to happen every day at this time for this amount of time. And that's not true for white space at all. You can sample different types of white space, just like coffee. When you step up to the barista, you don't stress out, oh, am I going to have a latte or a cappuccino or maybe I'll just have a straight black coffee. You know, it's not stressful. You just think, oh, well, what do I feel like today? And tomorrow you make a different choice. So rest is like that as well. So I have different wonderful ideas to refresh your soul at the end of the book, to awaken your soul to rest. And it's a challenge. It's a little challenge. It's a fun challenge, though. Bonnie Gray is our guest. Her book, Finding Spiritual White Space. Bonnie, I want you to uh, tell us about your life. How did you get where you are? What what do we learn about your background? Well, uh, you learn more that um, I was I was someone like I said who uh, grew up um, from the exterior, just really doing well. Um, I put myself through college. I was an engineering student. I was always um, somebody who knew how to take care of others very well. I grew up as a single parent family, in a single parent family, and I was even a missionary. I traveled halfway across the world to work with at risk youth um, in really dangerous situations. I've never been afraid before in my life. But this person found out, which is me, <laughs> through these panic attacks, that in fact I am in need of a lot of comfort. In fact, I do want to rest. In fact, I do have a lot of um, soulful needs that God wants to meet. And so I learned that all these stories I hid in a way that I didn't want anybody to know about that I struggled with, um, they're actually the stories that make me me. Like the time when my father left when I was seven, um, my mother called me over after he left and drove away. I didn't understand why my father left, and my mom said, come over here. She took out some photo albums, and this is back in the 70s, you know, when, you know, our photo albums were in, like, those little plastic, mm-hmm. um, you know, catchers, and she started ripping them out, and I could hear the plastic, 
and the photos coming out, and my heart just started pounding. I was like, what are you doing? She said, take out these photos of your dad. And she started taking her scissors and cutting them up in shards and making sure that the shears cut right into his face. And as he was, she was doing this, I, I didn't know what to do. I was starting to panic. And I finally had one picture left, and I was thinking, should I hide this one? You know, Pat, I said, I, I don't want to cut up all his pictures, but I couldn't say it. My mom was so furious. She said, what are you doing? She caught me, and, she, and I said, well, can we just keep one picture of him? Why? Why do you want to keep one picture of him? And I said, well, I, I just don't want to forget what he looks like. And right then and there, she said, oh, you don't want to forget what he looks like. He's like, well, why don't you just go live with him then? And she just got up, went to the phone, and started dialing. And, you know, I thought she meant it, right? She said, go pack your bags. You don't like it here, you just leave. Go pack your bags. You're not staying here. And I, I was just frightened out of my skull. Um, and she said, look, and at that time there was a Jerry Lewis telephone on air, you know, on TV, and she said, look, you see these people, they don't have any arms or legs, and they do just fine. She's like, you don't have a father, okay? You just, it, you're going to be fine without a father. Lots of people grow up without dads, and they do just fine. She said, if you ever grow up, you, you complain about your dad, She's like, remember this, if you have a bad life, it's not going to be because of me. It's not going to be because of not having a father. It's going to be because of you. And right then and there, let me tell you, Pat, I stopped crying. I was fine. I thought, that's right. I don't need a dad. What am I crying? What am I crying about? This is stupid. And I just stopped and calmed right there. And as I revisit this memory with these flashbacks, I realized that, that's been me. I'm fine. I'm okay. But it's not true. God, God, God is loving Father, and He cares how we feel. He cares about our questions. And so um, I'm having to learn that it's an important part of my story, that I, I, did, I did have a lot of hurts. Um, but that's hard for me. It's hard for me. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like it fits into like, a good story of my life. But God is saying, no, it's good because it gives you rest. It connects you to other people. And it, it, it helps you to not be so lonely. So now when I have difficulty, instead of my knee-jerk reaction is to like solve problems and try to figure it out on my own, I actually now think, okay, you know, I need to talk to someone. I need to call a friend. Oh, it's been too long. I've been so busy this past two weeks. I, I need to just like do something for me. So it's changed my life into something beautiful, in fact. I just kind of thought this is the way life is, just get things done and survive. But now it's different. I really understand that life can be beautiful, and it can be mine. Is that what you want people to take from your book, Bonnie? I want them to know that this is not just my story, that anybody who's struggling with stress and rest, if someone like me can find that life can be beautiful and that it can really change and it can really be true, someone who had to stay in bed for hours because of her panic attacks, um, someone who... Um, was filled with insomnia, someone who just couldn't stop worrying, um, even though after a lifetime of being strong and being able to be capable, if someone like me can find rest and start having beautiful life because I'm making, I'm making room for a spiritual white space, then I want them to know that that can be their story too. Bonnie Gray has been our guest. We've got more after this on the Pat Williams Weekend Power Hour. That's AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN.
Hello, this is John Butler Book, and I want to cordially invite you to listen to my radio talk show every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m. You know, we suffer from three kinds of individuals in our country today, the misinformed, the uninformed, and worst of all, the chloroformed. I don't want you to become one of those who is misinformed, but informed and spiritually motivated and activated to become a doer of the word and not just a hearer only. On the new 950 WTLN, every Sunday evening from 8 to 9 p.m., I'll wait to hear from you. God bless you. A breaking news report says that 30,000 Christians are being tortured, beaten, and starved in four North Korean concentration camps right now. This is according to the Voice of the Martyrs, the leading organization that has reported Christian persecution globally since 1967. Conditions are so bad in these North Korea concentration camps that virtually all of these brothers and sisters will die in these camps. It's truly a modern-day holocaust. Obtain your copy of this free special report and learn how you can immediately help North Korea's Christians. Visit NorthKoreaHolocaust.com. That's NorthKoreaHolocaust.com. In addition, the Voice of the Martyrs will begin sending you their free monthly newsletter so that you can stay informed about the persecution going on in North Korea and elsewhere in the world. Learn about these atrocities that North Korean dictator Kim Jong-un doesn't want the world to know. Please go to NorthKoreaHolocaust.com to receive this free report and discover how you can stand with our suffering brethren in North Korea. Go to NorthKoreaHolocaust.com now. Hi, I'm Barbara Sandek, your host on Grace Notes, a 15-minute program that contains biblical teaching and a wide variety of music. Some of the subjects we address are why do we have trials and cultivating intimacy with God. You can listen right here on WTLN every Sunday at 2.45 p.m. Can't catch the whole broadcast? Visit our podcast on the web 24-7 on WTLN.com. So tune in. You won't want to miss it. Listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. Bonnie Gray was our guest in that first half hour from uh, the Bay Area of San Francisco talking about her book, Finding Spiritual White Space. Uh, Nicole Eunice is with us. She uh, has co authored a book with David Dwight, uh, a fascinating little book with David C. Cook, Start Here, Beginning a Relationship with Jesus. And uh, Nicole, tell me why you thought this book was important. Well, you know, thanks for asking, Pat. It was, um, it came out of a need in our own community, which I think is a lot of, is a good place for a book to begin, is out of your own stories, your own life. And um, my co-author, David Dwight, is the senior pastor here. We're both on the ministry staff together. And one question that we constantly had was, what is a resource we can give people when they're just beginning their relationship with Christ. We feel like we have lots of resources that are a second step and a third step, but when it came to just the first step, um, we have people coming from all kinds of backgrounds here at Hope, and oftentimes we just wanted them to have a foundational resource that would get them started in a life with Christ. But what we didn't expect that we've been so excited about is that people who've been walking with Christ for a long time have also been so encouraged um, by reading it and being reminded of the very basic facts of who God is, who Jesus is, and what he offers us with a life with him. Let's get started. The introduction of this little book is called God Stirrings. Uh, What's going on here? Well, we start the book by saying, you know, if you've picked this book up, God's already stirring in you. And one of the things that we wanted to make sure that we put out there right at the beginning is that um, God, our Creator, is always at work, drawing people to himself. And we may think that a life circumstance or a friend or 
something else is going on that's bringing us to be interested in a life of faith. But in reality, we believe that God is the one who's at work, stirring us, bringing us to himself in all the many unique ways that he can work um, in our lives. And now we plow into the meat of the book. The first chapter, it starts with Jesus. What, what, what do you write? What do you tell us here? Well, you know, we we felt like, where, you, where do you begin when it comes to uh, Christianity? Especially in America, it can feel um, like there's so many places to begin and so overwhelming. I was just talking with a new believer yesterday who said, I don't even know, should I start at Genesis? You know, they just don't know where to even start. And so we said, you know, the best place to start is with Jesus, because he offers us a relationship with him. He engages with people. We can find um, the beginning of a life with Christ and with God by finding Jesus. Now the second topic, obstacles. What's going on here? Well, um, we know that people, when they come, are not far along in their journey before they start to have questions, doubts. Um, we don't come with a clean slate when it comes to faith. We come with our family experiences. We come with our backgrounds in church and life. And um, those things can often be a place where people think, well, I have to get this figured out. I can't keep going because of this. I have to work this all through first. And what we encourage people to say is there's there's just one answer for that, which is just come and see, that it's okay to be um, trying to get to know Jesus before you're committed, that you don't have to have it all figured out, and we certainly won't before we come to church and and come to know him. Now I want you to talk about receiving Jesus. Okay. Um, You're taping this, right, Pat? Yes. Okay. I actually have David Dwight with me as well. Oh, good. So if I can just work him in, if you're going to be editing it together. Good. Wonderful. Well, that's good to know. Hi, David. (laughs) He was... We were in a meeting, and we stepped out, and I wasn't sure he was going to make it, but he slipped in right at the last minute. So okay. I'm going to let him answer this one, okay? Receiving uh, Jesus, I want to just give you a few thoughts. Thank you, David. Okay. Hi, Pat. How are you? I'm great, David. Nice to talk to you as well. David Dwight and Nicole Eunice have written this book together, and we started with uh, Nicole, and uh, David has joined us. So talk about the third chapter here, David, Receiving Jesus. Yeah. So, Pat, one of the things that we talk about in the book is, we really pick up on the analogy of a, of a marriage because of this New Testament analogy where Jesus is the groom and, and believers are the bride. And so we pick up on this kind of dating analogy, and uh, we talk about how some people kind of date forever, and any relationship where you're dating for a long time, it begs the question, what are we doing? Where is this going? What are our intentions? What does the future hold? What's our, what's our commitment level? And so in the book, we talk about the fact that we think it's possible that there are a lot of people who kind of date Jesus forever, and they kind of like him as a companion. Uh, They may acknowledge Jesus, but the biblical idea, which we pick pick up from John 1.12, says, for all who received him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so we really talk about what does this word receive mean? Uh, it means to place yourself in a, in a yielded position where you actually take in and where you, where you have an intentional uh, receiving. And so we refer to the fact that lots of people kind of date Jesus forever. A lot of people acknowledge Jesus, but that's different than what the Scriptures say which is, yes, but do we yield ourselves to him and really receive him as Lord in our lives? 
I want you to talk uh, next, Nicole and David, about what just happened, question mark. Sure. That's kind of the next step in the process as we've laid it out in this book, which is, okay, if if you're going to say yes to Jesus, what does that really mean? If you come to a place where you say, this this does seem like the way, and that this is what I want, what is that going to look like? And this is another place where people get hung up and they think, okay, now I'm religious. Now I'm going to follow rules. Now it's about the things that I need to check off. And we we know that can't be further from the truth. We've had people describe coming to faith like living a life in black and white and coming into a vibrant relationship with God is like coming into full color. And what are those gifts that we receive in our life with Christ? What does it mean to live in a new eternity, to be an, to, to recognize that we're a soul who has an eternal um, timeline and that the hardships, the struggles of this life are not just defined by what we can see, but this spiritual realm that we can't see, that God gives us a new identity, that we have a new family line. So many of us struggle in our families or with wounds and hurts from before, and to come into Christ is to come into a new family. And that family is a new definition for where we belong and who we are and the worth that we can find in Him. Anything to add there, David? Um, we talk in the book, Pat, a little bit about this whole idea of, um, of, of becoming children of God, and we talk about adoption. And uh, Nicole has a brother who was adopted, and often when we talk to people who were adopted, there comes this question where a child who was adopted, whatever age when their parents perhaps may explain to them about adoption, sometimes people get to a point and they say, okay, but am I really a member of the family? And the parents say, yes, you are because of our love for you. And, but then, uh, let's say it's a teenager, they might say, yeah, but I don't actually biologically come from the family bloodlines. So am I really, really a member of the family? And we actually think there are a lot of people in churches all over the world who may have this unspoken little question in their head, am I really, really a Christian? Am I really God's child? How do I know that he really accepts me, really loves me? And we sort of uh, try to be a little bit um, engaging. You know, we say sometimes people have in their mind, am I really, 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 really a Christian? (laughs) You know, we struggle with it. And so in, in that uh, chapter about what just happened, we talk about what God said to Jesus at his baptism. And you remember a voice came from heaven and said, You are my son whom I love and in whom I'm well pleased. And we say, if you have indeed received Jesus, then God says about you what he says about his own son. You are my son or my daughter whom I love and in whom I am well pleased. And we kind of launch from there about, wow, what just happened? All that comes with that is now part of your identity and your eternity. David Dwight and Nicole Eunice have put together a marvelous little book, Beginning a Relationship with Jesus, and uh, David C. Cook is the publisher. Uh, Nicole, the next thing I want you to talk about is the fifth topic, Who is God? with a question mark. Right, so sometimes people are like, why would you put God in the, the second half of the book? And we are just following the exact trajectory of people as they come to know Jesus and then get to know the Father God through Jesus and how he describes who God really is. And so we just put some foundational truths about who God is. And why does that matter? You know, tomorrow, why would that matter for my life? We, we explain why that actually matters, that 
when we understand the character of God, the nature of God, as he reveals himself in Scripture, in this world, through um, his son, Jesus, it does change everything about the way that we live. And that doesn't happen overnight. That's what's so awesome about a relationship with God. It isn't something that we master. It's a relationship that we enter for the rest of our lives. And we are in the process of discovering more and more about who he is, his faithfulness, his trustworthiness, um, what he offers in his perfection and his power that does change our lives because we, we begin to reorient ourselves around this idea that his presence is what we need, that he is trustworthy and that he provides. And we see him act in that way. So in the chapter, Who is God? We say, okay, what are the very basic things that God is eternal, that he is relational, that he um, has positioned himself within the relationship of the Trinity, and he is explaining to us what it means to be in relationship with one another and with him. He invites us into that relationship, that God is perfect. He's perfectly merciful. He's perfectly just in ways that we can't fully understand, but that we can trust him, and that he's all. He's, he's always present. He's all-powerful, and he knows all and sees all. And then we sort of talk about why would that matter for your life? What does that mean when you go through your daily sort of ups and downs? And the book kind of helps people walk into what that looks like. Dr. David Dwight and Nicole Eunice have written the book. It's called Start Here, Beginning a Relationship with Jesus. Uh, I think uh, we can segue, uh, David, perfectly to the next topic, what God wants us to know. Uh, Fill us in on that. Well, Pat, in, uh, in the book, when Nicole and I were talking about what God wants us to know, I'll just share with you a little bit of the behind-the-scenes stuff. One of the things Nicole said to me is, I think we need to talk about sacraments. And I said, I mean, this is back when we were talking every day about what we wanted to be in the book. I said, sacraments? In a book called Start Here, we're going to talk about sacraments? But at our church, when we talk about sacraments, we talk about them in a very uh, sort of organic way. Because we say, in the midst of the depth of what sacraments mean spiritually, one of the incredible gifts of the sacraments is um, God knows that it's hard for us to understand spiritual realities. And so one of the real benefits of sacraments, that is baptism and communion, is they're, they're like illustrative. Uh, we use the definition, an outward sign of a spiritual truth. So these sacraments illustrate what God's done for us. So we talk about baptism in terms of being thoroughly washed of our sin, and we talk about communion, that um, when we ingest uh, the bread and the wine or bread and the juice, um, this is a physical act whereby you actually uh, ingest these elements, and it's a spiritual and faith expression of saying, Jesus Christ, I invite you to live inside of me. Um, So... God wants us to know how intimate this relationship is, uh, how complete it is. And then also in that chapter, we try to address a few things that we think are um, some of the folk versions of Christianity that are easy for us to fall into. And we talk about um, the make-me-happy God, the if-then God, and some of the ways that a natural relational faith can get contorted And we just try to give somebody who's beginning their journey a little picture of, uh, here are some roads you may want to be aware of. They may present themselves in your future, and we'd encourage you to just keep staying close to this relationship with Jesus. My guest is uh, David Dwight and Nicole Eunice, and they are talking about their new book, Start Here. By the way, uh, Nicole, how is the book being received? Are you getting some good feedback? Yeah, we've really enjoyed the feedback. I was, again, just talking to someone yesterday, and this 
she came to me and said, you know, my boyfriend's not a Christian, and um, he, he got the book, and he can't stop talking about it. He's so excited to have this resource, which, of course, is, is so great to hear, because that's who we really want to reach. But the surprising encouragement has come from ministry leaders, people who are in the church, who are looking for ways to provide just an easy um, conversation starter for those in their community, for relationships that we're already in. So we really feel like it's an evangelism tool as well, because um, everything about the way we created it and our hope for the conversational style, the look of it, the feel of it, is that it feels like a very easy entry point for someone. It's not threatening. It's not dogmatic. It's not um, full of information that might be too much to start. And that's been such a joy for us to know that we have people in our own community and around the country who are keeping it in their car, keeping it in their purse, and just looking for places where they can hand it out. We've got more with Nicole Eunice and David Dwight right after this. It's AM 950 WTLN in Orlando. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Everybody is Pete Paquette, your morning host here at the new 950 WTLN. And I'd like to welcome back a computer program here on the weekends, very familiar to our listeners. It's Tech Talk and more. Saturday afternoons at 4 from Palm Tree Computer Systems and Jinx IT. They are the experts on any problem you might be having, downloads, uploads, software, hardware. You've got questions? These experts have the answers. And you never know when you could win something pretty cool. It's Tech Talk and more. Now Saturday afternoons at 4 on the new 950 WTLN and WTLN.com. Now is the time for new flooring in your home because Lumber Liquidators has every floor on sale with the end of quarter clearance sale on right now. Get huge savings on all flooring like quick click pre-finished hardwood for $169 a square foot, solid hand-scraped horizontal bamboo for $179, and this weekend only get 8mm cherry laminate for just $0.69. So go to LumberLiquidators.com to find the store nearest to you. Special 24-month financing is available. But hurry, this end of quarter clearance sale ends Monday, June 30th. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the ShelterPetProject.org. I bet you've been thinking about a private Christian school atmosphere for your children. We've got a great way to get you started, and you can save thousands of dollars, too. It's half-price tuition from AmazingRadioDeals.com. You can now get half-price tuition to some of the best schools in Central Florida, from kindergarten through 12th grade, even seminary. Just go to AmazingRadioDeals.com, where you can check out the schools, and you can reserve yours right away. And if you're just moving into the area, this is a great way to get started on your search for a school. It's half-price tuition from Amazing. AmazingRadioDeals.com. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. David Dwight and Nicole Eunice are with us from Richmond, Virginia. They uh, work at the Hope Church. Uh, David Dwight is the co-founding pastor, and it's one of the fastest-growing churches in Richmond. Nicole is on the ministry staff at Hope Church. Uh, The book is out with David C. Cook. It's called Start Here, Beginning a Relationship with Jesus. Uh, David, fill us in on the seventh topic. It's simply called Growing In. What does that mean? 
Yeah, so Pat, when we when we were talking again about the content and what should be in the book, we always had this discussion, um, how much is too much for a, for a book that's just kind of starter fertilizer? Uh, you don't want to go too deep, get too heavy. And then on the other hand, we thought, well, what's essential? What do, you ma- what do we want to make sure is in the book? So growing in um, really pays attention to this idea of being in Christ. We talk about the New Testament constantly talks about being in Christ, which is an interesting word, and that's a relational word. And we picked up on the idea, you know, in Facebook, you can, you can declare your relational status, and, and it'll say, in a relationship. And we talk about how other prepositions don't really work when you're talking about a relationship. We don't say you're at a relationship or on a relationship. We say that you're in it. And, and it's such an engaging and full kind of word, because in brings this sense of an entrance and, and something that you have placed yourself in. So we talk about um, where, once you are in Christ, how do we really grow in Christ? So we talk about uh, by, by being in relationships with other believers. So we encourage people toward a relationship with a vital church. We talk about being in God's guidance. And so that's about reading the Bible and beginning to get familiar with hearing God's voice and knowing it and knowing the Bible. We talk about being in conversation with God, which is prayer. We talk about in taking action, that's serving God in the world. And then we talk about in the act of praise, which is worship. So we have, we have about one page on each one of those because we feel like, okay, if you're a brand-new Christian and you're saying, what do I do next? Where do I go with all this? What we're trying to say is, if you're in Christ, then place yourself in a church, in the Scriptures, in prayer, in serving, and in worship. And um, we feel like those are the ways that our relationship with Christ is really fostered and supported, and that, that's what we encourage people to do uh, as the last chapter of the book. Nicole, what do you mean by the comment, we have developed a kind of religion habit? Well, I think it's easy in this culture to be a Christian in some ways. You know, it's, it's culturally acceptable, and going to church is just something that people do, and it can be easy to fall into a place where that is my experience of what God wants from me. If I am kind of a nice person and go on Sunday morning to church, then I've done what I need to do. And it's, honestly, I feel like it's a tragedy to what God is actually offering in a life with Him, and it also is not, it will not be sustained, it will not be nourished, it, it cannot outlast the problems and circumstances that life brings. So it won't take very long in that situation to run out of its helpfulness, its usefulness, and that's so far beyond what we know a relationship with Christ is. Constantly in the Gospels, Jesus is pointing people toward heart and away from externalities. He's not interested in what the behavior looks like. He's interested in what the heart looks like. And that was really shocking. In the Gospels, you'll see that people are shocked by that. They, they talk about Jesus as being one who speaks with authority that's um, surprising to them, and especially religious people, people who've made a habit out of religion, are especially disarmed and disconcerted by, by who Jesus is, because he says it's about your heart. It's about what's going on in your heart. It's about what's coming out of your heart. And we know that a religion habit will not work to change the heart, that we can't do plastic surgery in life and just look good on the outside and not deal with the inside, that really being in, being in Christ, being in a relationship with Him is about heart surgery. 
and I can, some of your listeners may think, I don't need that. I, I feel like I'm a pretty nice person and things are good enough. But we know that the storms of life will come and that when we get really honest with ourselves, we all have places where we feel like we're not enough. We have places where we feel deep regret. We have places where we feel lost if we're honest about how life um, has gone, and that's the place where we can meet Jesus in a real way, perhaps for the first time, even if you've been in church your whole life. David, what do you say to a young Christian who says, what is the relationship between God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit? How do I explain the Trinity in one simple sentence? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, Pat, what you know, if somebody said, how, how do I explain the relationship between God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit? Um, I mean, if you're really asking me what would I say, I would... I would come back and I would say, tell me more about what you're asking. What is it that you're really trying to understand here? And perhaps the person would say, well, if God is one God, I don't understand this, that he's three, is he three gods? Is he one God? And so now we're talking about the Trinity. And what I would say is, um, let's start by realizing the Trinity once again shows to us that God is relational. God has always existed in this, um, in this full relationship of love, mutual encouragement in the Trinity. He's always been Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So right out of the bat, that makes Christianity very distinct from any other religion. Uh, the monotheistic religions where God is a solo God, like Islam or the way Jews might be more inclined to see God, or the more pantheistic religions like Hinduism or something like that. So... This, one, of the, one of the vibrant ideas of the Trinity that we love is, hey, it shows us that God has always lived and existed in community and in relationship, and we, being made in God's image, are also made for relationship like this. Um, the other thing I think I would talk about that I find really engaging, um, when you talk about unity, unity means you have different people um, or let's say different ideas, if we're just talking about it generically, that are together in agreement. Unity means you have to have different ones that are unified. So when we say that God, the Trinity, live in perfect unity, or that God is one, which we read in Deuteronomy 6, the beauty of that, we're not saying God is solo, that he's alone. We're saying that God lives in this perfect unity. And that, again, speaks to the vibrancy of the relationships uh, Jesus said in the New Testament, They'll know, the world will know you're my disciples by the way you love one another. And I just think, you know, the beauty of that is he's speaking right out of his experience among the Trinity, because this is who God is. I want to talk to you, uh, Nicole, and I want you to plow into this topic. Uh, why do you write or say that most of us have identity insecurity? Well, I write and say that because it's been my experience. It's been my experience. Um, before I wrote this book, before I was on a ministry staff, I was actually in counseling in a private practice. And so many of my seed thoughts, and David's as well as he's counseled within the church, have come from being in honest places with people and finding that there's some basic themes that most people return to. And there seems to be, in most of us, a deep sense that we are not enough, that we have... Um, 
deficits in our identity, that we're not good enough, that we haven't done enough, that we can't provide enough, that we aren't pretty enough, that this relationship isn't enough for me. And there seems to be this deficit that exists in almost all of us, this this painful reality of what the world really feels like um, that we all face. And that in many ways, I think that those deficits can actually draw us to the one who can truly identify us in the way that our soul needs, that we have deep needs within us that cannot be met anywhere else. And when we try to have them met somewhere else, we continue to fail. And when that failure is there, we have the option of either sort of turning cynical in a way or turning toward and believing maybe I'm made for something more, maybe my soul needs more than what this world can offer. You know, it says in Ecclesiastes that God has set eternity in the hearts of men, that there is something in us that is, that is craving something more than the world can offer. So in a lot of ways, people may come and feel very broken, sort of wounded and and tired from life, but that's exactly where Jesus meets people when he says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. There's a sense that the world can make us weary and that God provides the answer that our souls have always really needed. I can't thank the two of you enough. Uh, My guests have been David Dwight and Nicole Eunice. Uh, The name of the book, Start Here, Beginning a Relationship with Jesus. David C. Cook is the publisher. We've got to wrap up right after this. More of the Pat Williams Power Hour in just a moment on the new 950 WTLN. Hello, everybody. Alan Thicke here. You know, it takes money to run a country. Your money. And that's why if you owe back taxes, the IRS might garnish your wages. They could levy your bank account, come after your home or business. But truth is, they'd rather settle for less than bother you more. So they have this brilliant program to help if you're behind on your taxes. It's called the Fresh Start Initiative. They're offering this to help you solve your tax problem once and for all. You could qualify for a settlement that's substantially less than before these changes. Nobody knows these tax relief programs better than the experts at Optima Tax Relief. Their attorneys and agents will work to get you the best possible tax settlement. And they're fully accredited by the Better Business Bureau. Don't wait till it's too late. Call Optima for your free consultation. Call 800-711-5743. That's 800-711-5743. 800-711-5743. Some restrictions apply for complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. You're listening to the Pat Williams Power Hour on the new 950 WTLN. And now, here's Pat. As always, thank you so much for joining us here on the Weekend Power Hour. Uh, In the first half hour, Bonnie Gray joined us from California talking about finding spiritual white space. And then uh, Nicole Eunice uh, joined us along with David Dwight, and we talked about their book called Start Here, Beginning a Relationship with Jesus. Uh, Please feel free to visit my website. It's patwilliams.com, the Twitter page, Orlando Magic Pat. And uh, check out my most recent book. It's called uh, How to Be the Ultimate Teammate. Uh, it's uh, up on Amazon.com now or BarnesandNoble.com. Always a wonderful way to order books. And uh, and also check out the book I wrote about my cancer battle called The Mission is Remission, Hope for Battling Cancer. Uh, HCI is the publisher, and that's in bookstores now in the health section. Uh, have a wonderful day tomorrow in church with your family and a great week ahead. We're back next weekend for the Pat Williams Saturday Power Hour. It's AM 950 WTLN.
Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the Pat Williams Power Hour. Join us again next week at this same time on the intersection of faith and reason. The new 950 WTLN. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.